Welcome to the Million Dollar Body Podcast with your host, Nate Palmer. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Body Podcast. Today, I've got the honor of being joined by Kenny Weiss, the highest rated life coach in all of Arizona. Kenny, it's great to see you today. How's it going? Good to see you, Nate. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Kenny, you're the author of Your Journey to Success, as well as you have a new book coming out um, pretty soon as well that I'm excited to, to, to chat about. But I want to hear a little bit about your background. What made you become a life coach and kind of where did, what steps? I know there's a, there's a big journey there and you outline a lot of it in your, in your book. Yeah. But kind of what steps brought you to where you are today? Well, I'll give you kind of the short life story of I just, as a kid, I could always walk in a room and feel what was going on in people. I mean, I've heard people throw a lot of different terms. I don't care what you call it. It's just what I had. And, um, but we as a society, we don't teach anything about how to be a parent, how to have relationships, or how to deal with our emotions. And my parents were very young. They were 16 and 18 when they were married, 21 and 23 with four kids. And so they didn't have any of this information they're doing the best they could but um what happened to me i was 10 years old woke up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom i open up the door there's my mom passed out naked on the toilet it's when i found out she was an alcoholic and think about it that young with no teaching or information she should have been shooting crack too you know like that's overwhelming to be that young so while i don't blame her i do hold my parents accountable they they made choices not to go learn about this stuff and um the result of not learning about this stuff is they couldn't help me. So from there, I suffered through multiple addictions, uh, two horrific marriages. One, the first one, I was physically and verbally abused, uh, horrific child custody battle, bankruptcy. I played two pro sports. I see now I never wanted to play either of them. And finally, I spent three days holed up in my apartment um, contemplating suicide. And I was writing my kids a note. and. I could write about the pain I was in. That part was easy. The difficult part when came when, it, when I started to try and justify it. Well, because of my ability to feel and because of my childhood and, and also, I mean, my life was a train wreck. I was a mess and I'm going, I'm a smart guy. Like, what is this all about? So I've always been fascinated with psychology. So even in my 20s, whether I was taking classes or reading books or counseling, I was always trying to figure things out. And so as I tried to write to my kids and justify it, what saved my life really was that I had chosen to learn about this stuff. I knew too much psychology because every sentence I'm like, that's transference, that's codependence, that's projection. Like I couldn't out shrink myself. Um, but I had a really big realization of that moment. I went, I've been chasing this for almost 30 years. I've read all the gurus, the success books, everybody that's out there. Yet I'm here. That shouldn't be that shouldn't be happening. I mean, I've been in counseling, I've done everything. And I'm like, there's a gap in this process because I, I shouldn't be here. So I went back in my office and I wrote down, I want to come up with a process that nobody else has discovered that'll fundamentally change society. Well, over the next year, year and a half, I switched my focus more to how the brain and body work, the science of things. And you know how it is. When you're looking for answers, you're waiting for somebody to say it. And if they don't say it, if you have an instinct, you're like, well, I must be wrong. Well, as I looked at all this stuff, I had had, because of my ability to feel, I'd had these insights, but I'm like, no one's saying it, so I must be doing it, you know, I must be off. Well, 
all of a sudden I discovered things I haven't heard anybody ever talk about. And I'm like, my God, I'm right. Well, that became the process. It's a cycle. I discovered a cycle. Literally every person on this planet lives their life by it. I can sit with someone in less than 10 minutes. I can map out their life and why it is the way it is. And um, that became the first part. The second, so I, you know, I, I'd written that kind of mission statement of want to come up with a process. I did that. And that's in my book, Your Journey to Success. The second piece became the societal change. And and that's why I started the greatness movement. There's two things there. One, we just don't have the skills, tools, and knowledge to learn about parents, relationships, or emotions. Those three things drive everything, especially in business. People think, oh, business, this has nothing to do with it. Oh, it does. You are your childhood. And if your business isn't working, it's because of that pain from childhood. And, and business doesn't want to go there. And that's why businesses and entrepreneurs fail because they don't want to deal with that pain. Well, that's the answer. So the first part of the greatness movement is give people those skills, tools, and knowledge that go much deeper than the typical thought leaders that are out there because they stop short. The second piece is, to, and this is really the more important piece to me, to create a societal change. We are scared to death and there's a massive fear and bias about talking about childhood, about talking about our feelings, talking about the pain we've all been through, are in, we don't wanna go there. Well. I'd like to see that dynamic flip. What would happen if our first instinct became, I'm gonna go get help? Like, I use this analogy. Tom Brady might be the best athlete that's ever walked the planet. Well, here's a man for 40 some years who has had nothing but experts in nutrition, physical fitness, like countless coaches and experts for over 40 years, yet on a daily basis, he throws incompletions, fumbles, interceptions. He screws up nonstop. Now, it's perfectly fine to have coaches for that or, or you know, trainers for that, you know, like you, fitness. I know nothing about it. But people are like, when it comes to this kind of stuff, well, I know what to do. Well, how could you? And, and people, oh, my childhood was fine. Well, your parents haven't had the coaching Tom Brady has. They've had none. And he screws up nonstop. Doesn't that give you an idea of, and over 80% of people say, oh, my childhood was fine. And I'm like, well, just answer that question. Did your parents ever take a class? Almost none of them, no. Well, you can see how much Tom Brady screws up with coaches for 40 years. Your parents massively screwed up, but we have this barrier in society about looking at that, talking about it. I want to see that flip because like I said, I always say this and with anyone, it's always true. If any part of your life is off, relationally, professionally, any aspect of it. It's always based in the cycle I talk about. It's always based in childhood trauma. Until you deal with that, you're whistling Dixie. You'll never reach what I call your greatness. So that's the basic bio of what got me here. I really like that, Kenny. I like that your focus is on looking at the past to kind of tell you about the present yeah. and to help inform the future too. So it's got, you have like, you have the whole, it's, it's a whole life type of encompassing philosophy. And then for those of you guys who are not watching this currently, uh, Kenny is a dapper dude. He's got great <laughs> style. His suits are always looking really good. He's on point. So Kenny, you look like the typical, like not maybe the typical, but like you could be a very, very successful, like motivational speaker, right? Yeah. You just, you have it all, right? But you don't go that route. You, no. you go the opposite way. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. Like everyone you know, I mean, I've talked about this with marketing people. You could, because I love clothes. First of all, this isn't like a brand I created. 
Like, you give me the choice between watching the football game or going to the mall, I'm going to the mall. Like, I love You look clothes. great. I, yeah, I, need I just to take some tips from you because I'm like black shirts pretty much. All I right. just, yeah, I just love clothes. So it's just me, but I don't, I'm not, I would never call myself a motivational speaker. I'd call myself more of a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that's what I've seen is, you know, without naming names, most people out there, they have this package. They know how to tap in, they use psychological tools to tap into the primitive things that'll make you feel good in that moment, but they're, they're all they're ever dealing with is symptoms, never the cause. And that was what I realized in that moment, these great people I've read from, and then as I did more research, I'm like, oh my God, what they're selling is symptomology, things that get you to buy and keep coming back, but they don't address the core issues. That's what's missing. And so, yeah, I was like, Nobody stepped into this void. Now I know it doesn't make me a lot of friends because it, like you said, you could package me and I could be a million dollar speaker. I mean, I speak and stuff, but I'm an easy package to sell, but that's not the answer. I didn't want to go there. I wanted to give people the real deep information that no one else wants to talk about. And unless you have it, you can't put in place because all those people, their, their skills and tools and what they're most of what they do is what I call cognitive patches. They, they patch a symptom and they're all great, but unless you do this deep inner work, like law of attraction, the secret, all that stuff, the power of now, they're all great. But what keeps people from being able to put those in place is their underlying trauma. And that, and so that's why it's like, no one wants to go there. Well, that's where I'm going to go. Now that, means people shy away from me because of that societal bias. So like, no, 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 I don't want to deal with that. Well, my clients generally are people who've been to all the seminars, all, you know, counselors, all of that. They've learned, they love it. But like me, they woke up and go, you know what? Something's missing. I know I'm capable of more and damn it, I'm going to have to go there. And they find my stuff and they go, Jesus, this, I've been looking for this all my life. This is the answer. So that's that's why even though you could package me i just it wasn't what i wanted to do because i'm more of a teacher got it and i like that your focus is not necessarily on how i'm how i can maximize my my look and my this and get on stage and sell and sell dvds and stuff you're actually trying to go about this from a creating a long-term societal change and attacking the problem the root the root of the problem because i mean across the industry across you know whether it's personal development, whether it's fitness and health, wellness, whether it's business, everyone's always selling that cheap solution, right? We want, we're that, we're living in the Amazon prime, like century, right? We want that 21 days to change your life. Yeah. We want to push that button. We want to see it. We want our new body tomorrow, right? We want that that brand new business tomorrow. But like, what have you seen? Exactly that. It's, I call them a three day adrenaline weekend events. They're wonderful. I want every single, I want you to go to all of them because I know this, you're going to walk out of there feeling like, man, that was awesome. The feeling and the memory, you're going to have an incredible life memory, but you aren't going to change. You're not going to find a solution. Your brain and body cannot absorb that much information and so a lot of these things are you know immersion weekends 12 14 hour days where they starve you and and deprive you of sleep to and what they're trying to do is break you down emotionally so that your pain comes out but it's you're never going to express everything in front of 500 people 
but you you do transform you let some out and you're in this room of 500 people and like certain people they use music timed and everything it's all a psychological ploy to make you feel attached to this person and you walk out feeling great but you can't change that's not how change works and that's why like the groups i run they're 12 months long you meet once a month that's it it's change and doing the real work takes time. So my whole program, my whole philosophy is the exact opposite of everything that's out there because I lived it. They don't work. Like you get some help, but you never get to your full potential. And, and that's why I was like, yes, I could sell more if I went that route. I could make a ton of money, but it's not the solution. And somebody's got to be willing to kind of, I guess, fall on that sword and go, yeah, I'm going to piss you off. And, and I'm going to say some things that will make you uncomfortable. But if you're really hungry for it, if you really want it, then you'll come. I think another, another issue that I see a lot with these three-day immersion weekends, what did you call them? An emotional what? I, I call them a, an adrenaline event. A adrenaline event. Because that's all they are. And then within 24 to 72 hours after, almost all of them, you like talk to people who've been to, I won't name the names, but we know what they are. They all crash. You know, they're all gung-ho. Yeah, I'm going to do it. And then within the first week, they all the steps they told them to do, they haven't done any of them. Right, because it's not, it's not about st someone standing on stage and talking at you and you being like, yes, this changes everything. It, you have to do that work, which is why I love the greatness movement is because you are meeting once a month. And you're giving people a month, four weeks to put into practice, just gradually take those steps. Because like at the end of the day, your life is not, is not going to be, you're not going to make or break from one giant event, right? It's, it's constant little steps done daily, consistently that are going to lead to the results, right? That's why journey, the title right. of my book is your journey to success, not your explosion you, of success. Yeah. How do you accept the answers you discover along the way? The reason there's a reason journey is in the title. This is a lifelong process. This, you know, I, there is a, a tipping point where, as I call it, as I discovered when I, the suicidal piece for me is when I got to the other side, because previous to that, I'd spent about 10, 11 years in, I mean, deep work over a 10 year period. I probably spent seven full years working with a counselor. He changed my life. He was brilliant. Um, so I worked my tail off, but it took me years to discover the cycle. It takes years to change. It takes years to put these things to discover all the false personas and maladaptive coping skills we developed through from our childhood trauma that we're unaware of. We can't even see them because of denial, the way denial works. We don't see who we really are. And that, so that's why at, you discover along the way because you won't see it right away. And that's why the adrenaline events, the 21 day events, all that, they don't work because the denial process takes a long time. And, and so that's, again, I've just taken this whole format in a way no one else has done because what they're selling goes against all the science that we have available now as far as how to live in your full potential. So I feel like there's a lot of parallels you can draw between this deep work you're talking about, you know, whether it's a fitness journey or starting your own business, like all those things, exactly like that you said, they take time, they take energy, they take work. So from a mindset piece, Kenny, someone comes to you and is like, hey, 
I'm ready. I'm raising my hand. I'm trying to change my life right now. What's the one characteristic or maybe two that you see people who come to you that are successful? What do they have in common? Um, the clients, I know right away if a client's ready to live in what I call their greatness. They show up with a notebook or an iPad. They're taking notes. Um, if I make a suggestion about reading a book, it's with them the next time we're talking about the things that, like they're doing the work. Doing the I mean, work. you know, a, a client who comes once a week and expects in that one hour a week their life's gonna change, well, you're gonna spend many years because if you're putting one hour into it, that's it. So it's a hunger. I mean, it's just like me. I, I mean, my counselor was an hour and a half away each direction. I went twice a week. I wanted it. You drove if, to Tucson? He, yeah, I know. This is when I lived in Denver. He lived in Colorado Springs. Oh, wow. And so I, I, I was there twice a week, once for group, once for him. And if he even lightly suggested a book, I'd have it read by the next time we met. Like I, I just immersed myself into it. And if, part of it because it fascinates me. I mean, I had a hunger for it. But um, the bottom line is, if you're not doing something, it's because, you, you know, people say, but I want this, I want this. But I just, I just, I'm procrastinating. I just, I can't do it. Well, but, what that tells me is one, you're in massive denial. Mm -hmm. As I always say, denial's the, the single greatest killer in society. And I'm the only one talking about it. Denial is what's killing everybody and keeping everybody from their greatness. Because if that's what you're saying and you can't get over the hump, what that tells me is you're not aware of how much you're getting from your life being terrible. There are Ooh. so many payoffs. You enjoy it because, I mean, think of it. Let's go if there. You, um, yeah, if you, give me a complaint, somebody, and I'll walk you through it. Give me a complaint, whether it's a client or somebody, because I know you run groups and things. What's like a complaint you hear all the time that people say? Number one complaint I get from men is I have too much belly fat. I have too much belly fat. Okay. And what's their biggest reason why they can't do it? No time. Can't no eat time. right. Ah, okay. All right. Well, and then how often do they post in the group about how frustrated they are or come to you and tell you how frustrated they are? You know, it, it really depends on the person. Depends but... on how victim I, you know, how victim-y they are. Well, that's the greatest excuse of all is I have no time. Um, that's, that's like denial 101. We all have time. We make time for things that matter to us. And if you don't have time, what that tells me is you're getting more out of the um, freedom. Because think of it. If I don't pursue who I really am, what does it give me? Freedom, right? Lack of responsibility. I don't have to take responsibility for it power. All I have to do is post in your group and complain about my belly fat and 300 people jump in and support me. Hey, come on, you can do it. See right there. I, I don't have any responsibility for losing the belly fat because now I've just co-opted through denial 300 other people who care more about me losing the belly fat than I do. Why would I ever want to lose the belly fat? I've got you caring more about the problem than I do. What would that mean? I'd lose freedom. Mm. Wow. Like you see, that's the thing is your life sucks because you get so much from it. Like everyone, Whoa, everyone, says, oh, I, oh, everyone says it. Oh, I hate this. My life. So I can't deal with this. Oh no, no, no. It's the complete opposite. 
your life sucks because you love it because it works so well for you. You get so many payoffs from it. Freedom, um, lack of responsibility. You get to stay the child. You never have to deal with the pain that's keeping you from what you want. That's lack of responsibility. Now I'm manipulating you and everybody else to be more responsible for the problem for I am than I am. When I get to play the victim, what do I get? Attention. Oh my God, that's all Facebook is. Any social media platform, all it is is people living in denial. They post their pain and then they get 300 people to go, oh, you poor thing. Now, why would I ever want to fix that pain when I have you and all that attention? It's like, there was a woman who did that about dating. And I pointed all this out to her. And as I said, why, why would you ever want to find a man who actually treats you the way you, you're, you're claiming you want? Because you'd have to give up these, it was over 270 people had commented. You'd have to give up over 270 people for one. And you'd actually have to be vulnerable because if you're one-on-one with someone, you have to open up. Well, these are 270 strangers or they're online. You don't have to give them anything. They're the ones feeding you. It's like people with animals. The reason they have animals is it's a one-way transfer. You can kick them, treat them like dirt, and yet they're always, I love you. Well, that's what Facebook and, and Instagram people do. They don't have to do anything. They kick everybody. They manipulate and use everybody, stay right where they are, and they get all this attention and power. Why would anyone give that up? That's, well, that's a tough That's dark. Effect. Yeah. All right. So I got a selfish question for you here. Sure. So I obviously, like I know as a coach, when I'm working with clients, I can't want anything more than anyone else wants it for themselves, right? So like in a situation like that, someone says to me, hey, I, want, I have this goal. I want this thing. I say, here's the path to get there. And they don't follow through. Now as a coach or as like as someone who wants to like kind of, I have a savior complex. It's, you know, it's whatever. But um, like as someone who wants to step in and save that person, to hold them accountable, to do these things, to make them get their results. What's, what's the right move for me there? Okay. Do, do you really want me to go there? <laughs> I mean, we, we're, already, okay? we're already in here. Let's go. Are you okay? All right. Well, you just said the answer. What did you say you have? Savior complex. Okay. So ultimately, who are you trying to help? That's probably selfish, right? It's probably trying it to boost my ego by exactly. being the one to save someone. Exactly. And so this would be your version of the Facebook thing. You don't actually want to save people because if you did, if you to, to be able to save people, you'd have to save yourself first. But see, until you work on the process inside of you that wants to codependently save other people, once you let that go, they'll save themselves. But see, your need for see, you need them to not do the work because it keeps alive your savior complex. That's see, so that's why I always ask me, I'm like, you really want to go there? <laughs> Because this is the truth. And, and that's one thing I learned. I did some of this coaching years ago, nowhere near to level, but I had a savior complex. I'd walk away from a client, go, man, I changed their life. I, I felt good. Like now, whether a client gets better or not, like I, I never think about it. It doesn't matter to, I know that it has nothing to do with me. Hmm. I got to what I call the other side. And most people in this business, that they're still stuck on the codependent side. What that tells me is they haven't overcome their trauma. You have a savior complex. 
That's all based and rooted in your trauma. When you overcome that, you'll attract clients who do the work. But you're looking at yourself going, I remember what the title of my next book is? The answer's in the opposite. The person you want to save is you, not them. They're a proxy. And so what we do, what a lot of people in this field do is they use their clients to avoid doing the work on themselves. That's what a savior complex, that is when a counselor, therapist, coach is more enamored with the success of their clients, the reason they do that is because it's helping them avoid the pain they're avoiding. And until when they conquer that, then their clients can, because you can't take your clients anywhere you haven't been. So they will always be you. All, all clients that are attracted to any of us, it's because our life stories are the same, or the pain is the same. And so I, I only attract clients who want the answer. That's why people, you know, they'll come and get victimy and I'll give them the solution, they'll disappear. They're, they're not ready for me yet. They're gonna go to the adrenaline events. They're, that's why I want everyone to go to that because that's the starting place, because I'm too much. They need, they need more progress along that path and, and then they realize, man, my denial's killing me. Then they're ready for me. And so, you know, don't beat yourself up for where you are. You can still help people from where you are because there are a ton of people out there who need you right where you are. It doesn't mean you're a bad coach and no one should use you. There are millions of people who need a savior coach. But your need, deep down, your greatness is, I want to get over that hump. Well, when you focus on that inside yourself, your whole client load will shift. And this is why businesses, entrepreneurs, I don't need a life coach. I'm like, oh, no, no. You don't realize your business is where it is because of your own trauma. You, like, you just proved it. So you go do that work. Now you get the promotion. Now you, whatever it is you're looking for, it comes. It's always your pain that's keeping you from what you say you want. Now, if someone chooses not to do the work, again, it's because they're getting so much from staying stuck. Now, you may have thousands of clients as a savior complex coach. Well, why would you change it? There's a lot of benefits. I'm making money. Like, I don't have to deal with some of this stuff. Maybe this is perfect for me. Like, I'm not saying you're bad. I'm just saying get into reality about it and at least stop beating yourself up for it and go, wait a minute, like that's why my whole life story is all across the internet and what a train wreck I am. That sets me free. And so if you were to look at this and go, wait a minute, yeah, maybe that's it. I'm a savior coach. And actually I like that. I don't wanna grow past this. Well then own it and people will flood to you because that's what they're, they're looking for a savior coach. But if you try and hide it, they can't find you. Mm. Does that make sense? It makes a ton of sense. I mean, I can't publish this podcast, but. <laughs> but see, yeah, see, that was my fear too, is if I let people know how broken I am, this is the societal bias. And that's what I'm trying to break. The freedom comes from seeing your deepest, darkest, most broken part and loving and accepting it and forgiving yourself. That's why I was saying, if you look at this and decide, you know what? I am a savior coach. And I love that about me. Good for you. Like that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the, that's the beauty of doing this work is you see who you really are and you learn to forgive yourself. See, right now you're frustrated at people who won't go over the hump. Well, that's because you don't realize you're frustrated at yourself for not going over the hump. 
Well, now that you're in reality of, oh, I'm really talking about me. I didn't know I was talking about me. Now you, for the first time in your life, you can decide, wait a minute, I'm perfectly okay here. Now, if you're not, well, then you can do the work. And, and then your client load and everything will shift. But for the first time in your life, you're in reality about what the problem is and what solutions are in, are in front of you. That's a wonderful thing. That's why I want to break the bias down. Like that's freedom. You, all this time you've been, I'm assuming, frustrated, not knowing why they won't cross over. Well, you were looking at the wrong person. The answer's in the opposite. It's always us, always. And no one's taught us how to see that. It's like I say with my book, you ever watch a 3D movie without the glasses? It's terrible. Headache. It's distorted and colors are off and images, but you kind of know what's going on. That's literally how every person lives their life. What they don't realize is their whole life is a 3D movie. Their friends, their hobbies, their careers, their partners, all they're ever doing is reliving their trauma right in front of them. You just proved it. The whole aspect of a savior. You thought it was them. It's you. But the reason we, we think they're the problem is we're missing the glasses. Well, my book is the glass. I discovered the glasses. So you can look at any aspect of your life and go, oh my God, this is how I'm doing it. This is why I'm doing it. And now the 3D movie makes sense. That's awesome, Kenny. I really appreciate the, uh, the impromptu coaching session. And, I, and one thing I really respect about you, man, is that, I, is that I know that you are totally okay with being transparent. You're like, here's who I am. This is what I got going on. I don't care if you like that or not. And I well, love that about reason, you. It gives me so much freedom to, to step into that same thing. So the only reason I can see it in you is because it's me. Remember, mm -hmm. it's the 3D. I, I can't see something in you that's not operating in me. Now, what's, what's a little bit different for me is I know that if I see something in somebody else, it's me also. That's the difference. There's no separation. And so I'm... I'm never judging you. I'm talking about both of us, right? Mm -hmm. I was a savior at one time too. So that's the only reason I could see it in you. So there's no difference between us. We're the same. I'm not better or above you. I'm right there with you. Like we're, we're like this. And that's kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier is you're not, you're not standing on stage being like, you should do this. And then next step is this. You, you're saying, you're like, hey man, look at this. We're both in this together. I just, I just got glasses on. You need them still. Yeah. Well, and, and even during my podcast, I'll catch myself being one of, one of, I, I still, I've always had a problem with judgment. Um, I've always had a problem too of, I can be very condescending. What it comes from my grandfather and, and my father, I will have thoughts and feelings inside me of what I want to say, but the words that come out are horrific. They are very like, oh, I'm so much better than you. <laughs> and I never used to see it. Well, now I see it. So you watch my podcast and you'll see me. I'll catch it and I go, oh my God, look, there was. Did you see? Like I get excited because that's what I realize. The answer's in the opposite. When you see your brokenness, you're free. Everyone's trying to hide it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Step into it. When, because like you, that little piece, you're like, oh my God, I have to delete this podcast. I'm going, no, 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 no. Learn to love that part of yourself. That's the answer. But no one wants to tell you that. They want to give you a cognitive patch over top of it. And I'm going, no, you're missing the value. 
your gift is in uncovering that savior. And when you can love that part of yourself, that's imperfect, you're free. And so, yeah, my podcasts are riddled with how awful I am. And, <laughs> and, and I love it when it, sometimes I don't catch myself, but more often than not, I do. Someone may point it out and I get excited. I'm like, ah, oh, that's great. It just frees me more. Like, seriously, you want to live the best life? Become an expert in how manipulative, how dark, how broken, imperfect you are. That's the secret to life. It's the opposite. It's not by accumulating things and status and all the things we've been taught. It's go towards your darkness. I love that. And actually, yeah, that actually answered my, my final question today, which was, What's, what's the next step? How can we step into our greatness? But I love that you said, you know, like, like the title of your next book is going to be The Answer is in the Opposite. Once you can freely admit how broken you are, how manipulative you are, what a, what, like all those secrets, that's the freedom. That's when you can start to accept, love yourself, and then move on. So here's a perfect example. Go ahead. To show how that plays out. Uh, several months back, the day after my podcast, a woman on Facebook commented, you're an awful man. All right. Well, as soon as she said that, just like everybody else, I got a rush of defensiveness. And But see, I know, wait a minute, when someone makes an accusation, if you feel a level of defensiveness, that's a trigger that you're probably in denial. There's truth in it. So I paused and I went, wait a minute, I'm feeling this. Ah, that time I got, okay, somewhere I'm in denial. Let's think about it. Well, did you hear my life story? Multiple addictions two divorces, bankruptcy, sports I didn't want to play, cheated on women. Like, I'm the most awful person in the world. Like, literally, I've done horrifically awful things. You know, I mean, stuff with my kids, like you've been a terrible parent at times. Like, where's the problem in what she's saying? Now, because of my knowledge of psychology, I know I'm not a psychopath or a sociopath. I have narcissism, but I'm not way out on the scale because a narcissist couldn't even have this conversation. So I have it. Where? Yeah. Exactly. So as soon as I got into reality, I confronted my denial. I saw truth. I'm like, well, yeah, I've done a lot of awful things in my life. So what's the problem here? Nothing. Now, when you learn how denial works, whenever we judge, blame, criticize, or hate anyone or anything, the only reason we do any of that is because it's us. We do those exact same things either directly or indirectly. And we're, this is the 3D movie. We're screaming back at ourselves. So because I know how denial works, what I realized was something in my podcast triggered this woman. What she was really saying was, oh my God, I haven't dealt with my pain. I'm an awful person. That's the beauty of doing this work is you realize this ends arguments with spouses, with everybody, because you recognize the second they attack you, they're telling you about themselves. And so my response to her was, I really appreciate that you took the time to see all of me. I love your vulnerability and your willingness to share your thoughts and feelings. That takes guts. Now, did she know that what I was saying to her was, I hear how broken you are, 
I hear how you hate yourself. No, she doesn't know that and I didn't need to tell her. She's not ready to do the work. But everything she said was true. I'm awful. I've been awful in my life. And it's also true that she feels awful about herself. But because I've done this work, I don't need to throw it in her face. I can love her where she is. And I, and I also know it took guts because she's, she doesn't know this, but I do. She's doing the 3D movie. She's screaming at me, but it's really she's screaming at herself. I'm sick and tired of being an awful person. I don't know my way out of this. It's killing me inside. That takes guts for her to be that vulnerable on a public, public platform like that. And that's why I recognized her for it. Did she, did she, she didn't respond. She didn't understand any of it. That's fine. But if she ever decides to do the work, I'll get an email five, 10, 20 years from now going, Thank you for loving me. I see it now. But most people can't see it. That's why I need you. I don't disparage, even though sometimes I give the typical thought leaders, I get judgy. I do get judgy. I need you to go there. Because most people, even explaining what I just did, they're like, what? They can't quite get there. It takes time. It's a journey. And usually if you go off to all the other thought leaders, You'll wake up like I did, and then you'll hear this conversation go, oh my God, he's right, I see it now. It, it's a journey, it takes time. Wow, Kenny, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thanks for dropping some serious wisdom. I was just playing, I am gonna release this because it is part of that, that journey I know you. of vulnerability. I know you, You're, you'll turn into it, you're just playing. Yeah, but um, hey man, where can people catch up with you? I'm gonna put a link to your book in, from Amazon in the show notes. Where else can people catch up with you, the highest rated life coach in Arizona? The, the best way is just Google me, Kenny Weiss, and my LinkedIn profile will come up, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, you can also, if, if you're a person who's like, man, I'm ready to do the work, you can send an invite on Facebook to the Greatness Community Group, um, because that's what that group is about. Uh, you can find my book on Amazon in all three formats, Kindle, paperback, and Audible. Um, I have my own show. It broadcasts live on both Facebook and uh, YouTube, seven o'clock Sunday nights, Arizona time, and all the Audible formats. Um, but you can read my reviews on Google. Just type in, search Kenny Weiss on Google. So um, yeah, the best thing is just Google my name and everything populates. My website is www.thegreatnessmovement.com. And this is what the book looks like. So if you come across it. Awesome. Cool. I'll throw all those links up in the show notes here, Kenny. Thank you so much for your, taking your time out of your day and being with us. You delivered a ton of value and I really appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And, you're, and honestly, it took a lot of guts for you to walk into that. And I hope your followers realize what a great coach they have that walked into that and was willing to be that vulnerable with them um, in this format, not many people, that's the societal change. Like you just took a step in exactly what I'm wanting to do. And I hope your audience realizes what a gift they have in you because you just demonstrated tremendous wisdom and growth and tremendous, um, safety for them that you were willing to go there. So I hope they recognize that. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Takes guts. All right. We'll talk to you very soon, Kenny. You bet.